Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Jim and I regularly talk. It just passed uh, 12.30, so the Twins game uh, in the middle of it uh, as we're speaking. So we won't talk too much about the Twins today, although Kenta Maeda got off to a good start again uh, today. Four innings, two earned runs against a powerhouse Bravos team who really showed their power against Joe Ryan. We don't see him get hit, uh, you know, give up home runs very much, but boy, they were on him last night. What's really fascinating about him is he throws, he really, and listen, he's improved his breaking pitches. That's one of the big reasons for his success this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, everything's set up by a 94 to 95 mile an hour high fastball that he has good command of. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, there are a lot of different re- potential, there are a lot of different ways you could explain what happened yesterday. Okay, the Braves are a great hitting team, they're a great fastball hitting team. They obviously had a great game plan, which is hey, Joe's going to throw his fastball early in the count. Don't wait to get. Don't take it. Don't get behind. Be ready to jump on it. All those things are true. I also think that when you rely on that kind of pitch, Joe doesn't overpower people with velocity. He gets them out with spin rate, and yeah. there's a difference. Mm-hmm. His spin rate a lot gives him what they call carry on his fastball. Uh, there's so much backspin on his fastball that it appears to rise. It doesn't, you know. In terms of physics, it isn't actually rising, but compared to the average fastball, it looks like it's hanging up in the air more, mm-hmm. and so it has what they would call carry. And I just wonder, uh, he had career-high nine innings pitched, career-high 112 innings pitched in a, on a hot day at Target Field in his previous start, and I just wonder if he had a just enough fatigue mm-hmm. that that fastball lost the little edge that keeps people from being able to pound it. Either that, or he was tipping his pitches, or, um, you know, he's just a little bit off on his command. But losing command is usually the first thing that happens when you get fatigued. Usually it doesn't show up immediately in velocity. Usually it shows up in your ability to get that extra little bit of spin or have that extra little bit of command within the strike zone. Yeah, he had only given up eight home runs prior to that uh, game, and then he gives up five in a single game. And, yeah, it, it's, it sounds like a little cause and effect to me as well. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, listen, that's... That's one of the reasons why modern baseball managers' front offices are are very diligent about pitch counts. Mm. Because not only do they not want somebody to get destroyed in the sixth or seventh inning and lose the game, uh, they also don't want them to lack that firepower going to the next start. Mm-hmm. And it can really, obviously, we know it angers the traditionalist fan. But in the modern game, it's if you're especially if you're a power pitcher. You just can't survive with less than your best stuff. Yeah. We see you. We see Duran throw 103 mile an hour pitches that get hit. Yeah. It just shows you not you have to have velocity, you have to have spin rate, and you have to have command. Or modern hitters will tear you up. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned was he tipping his pitches. So I read an article on SI.com, Sports Illustrated's website, a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to bring it up, but I forgot about it until you mentioned it just now where a lot of the scouting, now the major league teams are implementing AI, and they're asking AI to pick up very subtle differences in motions for pitchers, and that major league teams are using it uh, more than even scouting what they have. They're looking for tips. They're studying video in between every at-bat, and one general manager, or I shouldn't say general manager, uh, a front office member said he didn't like where baseball was going with AI, that it won't be so much about you know, figuring out how to hit a curveball as is the pitcher moving his shoulder in a certain way before he delivers a pitch, then they'll know when it's coming. Yeah, it is fascinating, and I, I agree with uh, the person yep. quoted. I, I don't like this. This is too, mu- too much. Uh, listen, Paul Molitor 
uh, and uh, robbing the outdoor pocket to a certain degree. There were there were a lot of people who could watch a pitcher and pick something up. And you know, Paul Molitor was famous in, when he was the kind of a minor league instructor with the Twins organization. He would go sit in like the A ball dugout or whatever, and by the end of the first inning, he was telling people what pitch was coming. No. I mean, he was just brilliant. Yeah. But it should be it should be a skill, not uh, you know, not the ability to capitalize on artificial intelligence that's just that's way too far for me it is and and you know know, let's face it baseball for over a hundred year history they're always trying to find a way to to cheat uh, for lack of a better word uh in a way it's it's probably a sport that's almost synonymous with that more than any other sport uh so you had to figure that was going to come i mean they might have to ban ai at uh some point in the league or don't you see it going that far no i do think they need you're going to ban it because Mm. hey we as you said Everybody in baseball is willing to push the envelope yep. to get an edge. Sometimes it's grotesque, like steroids and the home run record. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's nasty. Sometimes it's you know almost quaint. Uh, but AI, I mean, I, I, AI offends me much more than steroids. Hmm. Yeah, me as well. It's uh, yeah, it's going too far. Oh, well, we saw what was happening with the Astros and the trash can yep. banging. This yep. is similar to that, in my opinion. This is very similar to that, only even more nefarious. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Astros were taking uh, the, the Astros were taking advantage of technology that already existed, and they took, you know, the basic idea that hey, if you if you see something, tell your teammate, and they took it to a, a kind of a, an illicit end. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is starting with the illicit, this, yeah. and this isn't taking advantage of current uh, what's currently in the game. This is introducing something that shouldn't be in. The game. That's right. Uh, and then another injury, Brock Stewart, we were just talking about his role has continued to get more and more important as he's pitched, you know, lights out uh, for the Twins all season. A sore elbow, they're holding out hope that it's just a little tendonitis and he can get over it. Yeah, this is terrible timing. Yep. Um, terrible timing. Uh, I really still think going into the season they had a pretty good plan for the bullpen. Duran, Lopez, uh, you know, field bar is kind of your end game three with Jax and Moran and and some other interesting arms in the mix. Uh, Brock Stewart had made himself the second most valuable and really the most dominant reliever they had. He was making up for the loss of Lopez, mm-hmm. and this is a terrible development for this team. They just don't have it. Now uh, Garth Jax is going to have to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Jax is going to have to be the guy, and Moran's going to have to be better. If those things don't happen, they could be in a really tough stretch here. Yeah, so, uh, boy, no more injuries, please, for the Twins. Oh. How about the Lynx starting to come around a little bit, starting to get used to Cheryl Reeves' plan for the season? Plus, you can you can count on Nafisa Collier to come and play 33-10 and 10 last night. Yeah, maybe their best game of the, of the season last night. The mm-hmm. offense was really cooking, and a number of things happened. Collier was excellent. I thought Diamond Miller, her first game back, missing a bunch of games with an ankle injury, I thought she was fantastic. Mm. Energy, pushing pace, creative passing, creative scoring, great moves around the basket. She made a couple outside shots, which is probably going to be the X factor mm-hmm. in her career, just how well she's using the outside. She rebounds, she passes, uh, she pushes pace, she plays with energy and passion. I thought she was a big deal. Uh, Dorka played a really good game. McBride, who's very hot and cold, had one of her hot games. Uh, Lindsey Allen had her, maybe her best game as a uh, as a Lynx, mm-hmm. uh, and and probably in part because she was playing with Diamond Miller, and Miller was really kind of opening things up. It was it was really a good game, and mm-hmm. Seattle's not great; they're not a particularly good team, but 
they have some, you know, they've Jewel Lloyd, they have, they have some talent, and I thought the Lynx just played well. Are they rebuild? I mean, would it behoove them not to win too many games this year, then, uh, you know, and get a higher draft pick? That's where, and I've written about this, and it's really weird, you know. So they should, they are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They should be tanking. I think they're too ethical to tank. Mm. Uh, I, I don't, I know Cheryl knows that they're another star player or two away from being really good. They just are. Mm. Uh, Cheryl can't stand not trying to win today's game. Right. She just can't. And she thinks she owes it to her organization. To the, she's married to the woman who runs the business side. She doesn't want the business side to collapse. Mm. Uh, she doesn't want to give up all the equity they've built up with their fan base. She thinks she owes it to the fans. She thinks she owes it to the league. So they did not build they because they missed in free agency. They did not get to build the roster that they think can really help them contend. But she just can't. She can't tank. She's just not in her. Right. Too competitive. Can't uh, they yeah. try to keep players out so that they have less of a chance to win. Connor McDavid wins everything under the sun last night in the NHL. Well-deserved. What a terrific player. I, I, I'm hearing and reading that this Connor Bedard is likely the first pick for the Blackhawks tonight. Could have a, a similar career path. Yeah, uh, the hockey draft is not of particular interest to me once you get past <laughs> the first few picks. Yep. Uh, sometimes you draft somebody you've never heard of from Finland and you see him five years from now. Uh, but Bedard adds some juice to this. Yep. Uh, the Blackhawks, you know, when they had stars, they – were the dominant force in hockey. They, you know, then they uh, they certainly are in rebuilding mode now. It's a great hockey arena. It's a great hockey market. Great hockey fan base. Bedard might single handedly rejuvenate that franchise. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at five. Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.